0: Hey friends, it's Tyler from Vineyard Covington, and Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it the last couple of months we've been practicing what it means and what it looks like to live a life of giving and being generous with our time, our emotions, our words, our talent, our possessions. And we're going to wrap this up with one last practice. And I want to just remind us of the big idea of where all of this comes from. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. We believe that God is a generous God, a creator who created everything. He gives good gifts. He blesses us. to. To be a blessing. And he has entrusted us with everything that we have in our life to steward it, to manage it, to use it, to bring uh, glory and goodness, to share and serve and bless the people in the world around us. And so as we finish off this series, we cannot ignore money. You see, Jesus talked a lot about money in the Bible because he knew the particular amount of influence and power uh, that it can hold over our hearts. When he talked about money, he said um, we cannot serve both God and and money. He told us to be on guard against every kind of greed in our lives. Uh, He even lamented at how hard it was for rich people to enter the kingdom of God. Again, because of that power that it can hold over our hearts, he said that where our treasure is, there our hearts would be also. And so as people who are accepting the invitation to follow Jesus, to put his way of life into practice, to become like him, to to be with him and to do the stuff that he does. We have to wrestle with our relationship with money. So, how much power does money hold over your heart? Now, of course, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, with uh, the people of Israel and the law, there was a system that was implemented called the tithe, in which they would bring 10% of the first fruit of everything that they made, their income, uh, whether it was livestock or uh, produce or whatever, and they would give it to God. This was as a sign of their hearts of of worship to Him, to say that uh, everything that we have comes from You, that You are the source of all, all the goodness in our life. Um, And it also served specific purposes to fund the work of worship and the temple system, the sacrifices and the priests and the Levites who who were there. It also uh, was used to make sure that the people were able to follow um, the schedule and the calendar of festivals and celebrations as people of God to, to lean in to living a life of celebration, which is also a part of our way of life. And it also helped to make sure that the poor and the orphans and the widows and the travelers and the the foreigners the people from outside were taken care of that everybody had everything that they needed and so no we're not under that same law anymore this is not about following something uh, and getting god's approval Jesus said to seek first His kingdom, the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and that everything else that we needed would be given to us. And actually one cool thing that we see in the book of Acts, in the early church, that they were practicing a radical generosity. They would sell possessions, they would sell extra things that they had, land and fields, and they would set it at the apostles' feet so that it could be used for the common good to so extend the mission of the church, his kingdom, and justice in taking care of the poor and the widows and the foreigners around them. We're actually told in the book of Acts that there were no needy people among them because of this way that they lived, trusting God with everything that they had and living with open hands, giving and being generous. How are our lives and the way that we live being transformed because we've experienced the radical generosity of God in our lives, His grace, His goodness, His blessings. And then how are we sacrificing so that more and more people around us can experience that? I want to invite you as we wrap up this series to just have a conversation with God and with your family around how are we using our money Of course, uh, maybe a better way to frame the question, as John Wesley said, is not how much of my money will I give to God? But how much of God's money will I keep for myself? Again, everything we have is a gift from God. And the more that we can learn to embrace that and to practice that with all of the different things in our life, the more of Jesus's goodness and wholeness and abundant life that we will be able to experience his freedom. He wants us to be free from all of those other things that can so easily hold us down and pull at our hearts. How are you living a life of giving with your finances if you have a local church, especially if you're a part of Vineyard Covington, I want to invite you to think about what it would look like to give to the local church to invest in the family on mission in your city that you're a part of. Uh, There are a lot of things that we can do when we all give and live generous lives together. And of course, this isn't a fundraising thing. This is about our way of life, of experiencing the transformation and the fullness of everything that Jesus has for us. And so I want to ask you to process this, to think about, it. Are you giving your money first to God and investing in the local church? Or are you living the kind of life that you want first and then, if there's anything left over, giving some to God? It's not about guilt or shame. This is not about anything uh, that we're trying to put on you but many of us are practicing a monthly giving uh, of the first amount of income that we receive to the local church. What is Jesus inviting you into? And how can you live even more of a life of giving? Would you think about that and practice that with us this week?